Hello and welcome to Beyond the Music Score, the podcast that takes you on a solo journey into the lives and music of the composers that shaped our future and world. I am your host, Fabrizio Lethal, and today we explore the Atlantic world of Maurice Ravel and his masterpiece, Levels. It's so great to record this podcast on a personal level because I had so much fun recording the last episode where I was talking about Gustav Mahler and today I'm talking about Maurice Odell, a French composer. Someone who had such an amazing background in composing one of the most famous pieces, Bolero. And today I'm looking at another piece that he wrote. He was a visionary composer known for his unique blend of classical traditions and modernist elements created, who actually created Brothels, a mesmerizing orchestra, orchestra uh, forgive me, an orchestral pace that dances around the edges of madness. Ravos was composed in the aftermath of World War One, a time of great social and cultural change. In fact, Ravel intended to create Ravos as a tribute to the waltz, an iconic dance of the 19th century and 20th century, while also infusing this piece with his own distinctive style. Um, so, when you hear this piece today, I want you to embark on an amazing exploration of this piece. And while we are diving into this, I want you to understand the lasting impact that this piece left. So, let's begin. Well, this unfolds in three distinct sections, each with its own character and mood. The piece begins with the exuberant and glittery introduction, showcasing Ravel's mastery of orchestration and rhythmic precision. In fact, when you hear the beginning of this piece, I want to I want to forewarn you, it starts super soft. To the point where you have to turn your speakers all the way up. Don't worry, there's going to be a little pause where you can turn your speakers back up when I start talking again. That sounds foreboding, like you're traveling to the palace where this ball, essentially, is taking place. 
like you are about to enter the ballroom. For you see, Wazel is trying to picture yourself being a guest at this ball that is taking place at a very fancy palace. And then you are about to enter the ballroom, but you're hesitant. So, again, re-listen to this section and try to understand yourself being placed in this position where you are actually hesitant to enter a ball and in the grand ballroom. That sounds very much like anxiety as you're about to enter said ballroom and you see guests of different groups about to enter into a very incredible dance. As the music progresses, we now enter the realm of the waltz, a familiar dance that permeates the composition. And we also enter the ballroom where we see lively dancers glide so delicately across the ballroom floor. We see different ladies wear different beautiful elegant ballroom gowns as they glide so ethically across the beautiful ballroom floor and you are so enamored by how beautiful everyone is. You grab your partner and you begin to dance. Something's off about this waltz, you noticed. It sounds like you're drunk on the dance floor. It sounds very romantic, yes, but also it sounds very unnerving. You hear the beautiful waltz melody underneath this drunken swaying sound in some parts of the orchestra, and it sounds like you've been consuming so many champagne glasses that you're just swaying back and forth on a drunken stupor. And if I'm correct, that's not how a traditional waltz melody would go in a traditional waltz, say, The Waltz of the Flowers by Tchaikovsky, or a traditional Johann Strauss melody. This particular waltz is very different than a traditional Viennese waltz. And if you, if you hear that, 
It's kind of not near the thing. But you keep dancing and you realize, my God, I don't feel well. That's the very nature of those waltz. It's not supposed to be a perfect picture of the waltz. It's supposed to predict another thing. The constant ongoing venture of the war that's also going on outside the palace. With those trying to show you the constant fear of war and this party going on. War and partying don't mix well. The music continues to drive forward into this chaos of back and forth, back and forth. And Rodel's genius lies in his ability to transform the dance, slowly introducing dissonance and unsettling harmonies, gradually steering it into darker and more turbulent territory. It is as if the dance itself mirrors the crumbling society that Ravel's own family and himself witnessed the chaos and desegregation of an era. And I can't tell you, now witnessing another war going on across the world, look at the, the whole controversy of the war in Ukraine. Just, this, just imagine a composer were to compose a war on Ukraine. Didn't think about that for a second. While those face initial controversy due to the departure from a traditional waltz convention, yet over time it gained recognition as a groundbreaking work of art. Its haunting beauty and innovative composition continue to captivate audience to this day. And think about this. Just just think about this. You have a piece of music who is unique in some way. And it's very, very different than other pieces. Lavelle composed Bolero. And then you have this piece that's rocking back and forth, going between 
dissonance and unsettling, then going back to this very, very wonderful waltz. And to me, it sounds like you are on the dance floor, you continuously dance, and then you keep drinking. And then you continuously dance, and you continue drinking. Outside, you got a war machine that's continuously trying to fight different countries. World War II, and I will continue to compare it to the war in Ukraine. And it's sad to think that many composers would do the same thing. Gustav Host would write the planets and the very first movement of that suite would be titled Mars, the Brenner of War, which was a huge inspiration, which was inspired by World War One. And Maurice Ravel would meet Gustav Holtz and tell him about this exact experience. For me, I would say that Gustav Holst and Maurice Ravel were both visionaries of their own right. I will tell you a personal story that kind of told me why I listened to Ravel and different composers besides Ravel and also Mahler and Holst and other visionary composers. I was sitting in my boyfriend's living room. He's a big music nerd, just like I am. He puts on Death You See, just as an example. And it's a prelude to an afternoon afternoon of a thorn. And then, of course, after that piece comes Levels. And he said, I never heard this piece. I said, I have. We spent almost an hour talking about what we would feel while we were listening to this music. What this music could do to our mental status. What Wazel might have thought and what was thinking during this time. What he must have gone through in his mental capacity while writing this piece, which is just a tribute to a waltz. And I can't imagine what he could have been thinking and what he could have dealt with in his time being a man, revolutionary composer. And the fact that he and W.C. were friends and conversed and I will be straight up with you and say I don't know what they were saying and what could have said in behind closed doors. But the music that they left are so visionary, so incredible, so beyond what I can consider amazing music. It's so incredible to say that look at this incredible piece of music. I think Ravel's had a profound influence on subsequent composers and performers. Its intricate textures, emotional death, had inspired, uh, has inspired countless musicians, while its shifting moods and dynamic rhythms offered endless possibilities for interpretations. Many composers choreographers 
hath created thou lays based on levels, using the music as a foundation for very powerful visual storytelling through dance. A good example. George Dalajin was a good example. He took levels and created a huge dance sequence to this. George Dalajin, Anthony Dowell, many, 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 many choreographers, pardon me, choreographers would take levels and set it in a ballroom scene on stage and just let it take hold of the dancers on stage and just let it whip them around. And I can't imagine what it's like for certain people nowadays to sit in a concert hall. I mean, the great Leonard Bernstein took the New York Philharmonic to Paris and it received such a huge response at the end. This is in 1982. So you can tell what this this piece of music means to us music historians and enthusiasts. And it is a huge, huge, incredible piece of work. My father himself, this Bolero, is an incredible composer. Um, Bolero is one of his favorite pieces. It's an, it's an amazing work of art. And I should tell you, Bolero is French, but he was born as a Spaniard. And to think that he had the right to write a Bolero is incredible, to say the least. Now, you could say, and you could argue, but he's French. How does he have a French name? Bolero itself is a written as a as a Spanish dance. The Lavelle was born on the as on the French sea coast, right next to the Spaniard, basically by Spain's tip border, and so it and basically his his father was Spaniard and his mother was French. And so that basically is in his blood. But when you look at that, it means, oh, so he had a right to do it. He was inspired by different dances from different cultures. Like, for instance, Lavos, he was inspired by the Viennese waltzes of different periods throughout the 18th and 19th century. And... Valero, he was inspired by the Spanish dances. He would travel across Europe just to find different inspirations for his works. So, just like his friend that you see, both men traveled across Europe to write different pieces. So, when you are a composer, traveling the outside world, your daily life, is an inspiration to your work. So when you take such as Lavelle's for this instance, well, no, basically, Lavelle wrote this as a huge tribute. We move forward in the piece, and as the music swirls us around, goes up and down, we get to the end of the piece. And you can see why Lavelle is a mastermind when it comes to composing. Take this last bit of the piece, 
where Mavell takes these dissonance, haunting, unsettling pieces, piece of the motifs of the unsettling sections of the, 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 of the piece, essentially. Where you hear the unsettling dissonance in the piece and mashing it with the waltz theme. And it goes out of control until it just stuns and it gets out of control towards the end and it reaches its conclusion. I want you to hear that again. This time, I'm gonna give you the 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 visual of you just thinning and thinning and thinning and thinning and thinning out of control, while the war outside is thinning out of control as well. Just think about this. Ravel wrote this to the tribute to the waltz, and it just he, he just massacres the waltz at the end until there's no waltz left, and it's just a massacre noise. Just a massacre of just noise, and where did where did the waltz go? There's no waltz, but think of it. You're on the dance floor, and finally the waltz is over, and it's just noise. That's the genius of Ravel's Ravel's. Thank you for joining me for Beyond the Music Score, especially for today's episode. I want to take a moment to thank all of you, my wonderful listeners, for joining me for this musical adventure into Maurice Ravel's La Valse. Your support and enthusiasm means the world to me. I hope that today's exploration has helped to better understand Ravel's composition and has deepened your appreciation for his incredible talent. Remember, the world of classical music is filled with the nation's amazing discoveries waiting to be made. If you enjoyed this episode of Beyond the Music Score, I invite you to subscribe and stay connected for future episodes. You can find the podcast on popular platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts, making it easier to keep up with the latest aspirations into the lives and greatest works of the composers in history. Remember, your likes and ratings mean to word to me. 
Once again, I thank you for being here and being part of this journey. Until next time, keep embracing the beauty and power of music in your life.